You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hi, everybody. It's Rick Bassman here on Talking Tough up in the upcountry of Maui, where it is getting more and more eerily quiet every day. Um, the state is shutting down again, and uh, you can you can feel the mood in town. It's interesting. We, we all live in interesting times. As you all know, all of you who listen to this show, I kind of stay away from what's going on in the world today and stay away from politics, but it's hard to avoid entirely. I do know the three guests that I have on today are all kind of having their own experience of uh, of COVID and what it's uh, what it's meant to society. They're all old friends of mine. I'm happy to say so. There's going to be a big level of comfort here, as there usually is. I expect we're going to have some fun today. I think we're going to get into uh, some serious stuff, not only uh, in the wrestling world where they're all well known and where they all. Um, make their living. But I think also uh, we'll get some interesting perspective from them in what's on what's happening in the world today. Uh, we did not prepare today's conversation. We talked a couple of minutes just before we went live here. So we're just going to uh, have a bit of a free for all, if you will. And I'm here today with my uh, with my good friend and my producer, John Pozarowski of the Two Man Power Trip. He is running things behind the scenes today. He may join us from time to time. He'll be looking for your comments, choosing those uh, that he thinks are fitting with the topics we're discussing and putting them on screen. So if you have questions, please ask. Without any further delay, I am very glad today to have my friends waiting to come on and introduce them one by one. And I'm going to do it in alphabetical order by their last names. First, a longtime friend of mine. uh, We met at UPW, God knows how many years ago. Cheerleader Melissa Anderson. Hey, Melissa. Hi, Rick. How you doing? How are you, my friend? Uh, so good. How are you? It's really good to see you. Thank you. It's really good to see you too. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. And let's now bring on. Let's see. I have to do my alphabet to make sure I'm doing this right alphabetically. Okay. Uh, well, yes. It depends. <laughs> it depends if we're using her real, her shoot name or her work name, but we're going to go for the, um, the shoot name. So another longtime good friend of mine, uh, we were introduced by her dad, who was also a good friend. So glad today to have Teal Piper with us. Teal, you there? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, really good to see you. And uh, nice to catch up with you for a minute before we get started. I know we'll do a lot more during uh, this uh, conversation here. And lastly, but not least, um, I would dare say probably one of my best female friends, really happy to call her that, um, the amazing Jennifer Thomas. Jennifer, are you with us? Hi, Rick. Hey. So good to see you. So thank you for inviting me on this wonderful show. I've heard a lot about it. And um, I'm glad I made it on. Yeah, it's really good to uh, to see you. Good to see all three of you here. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you all know each other at least a little bit. Is, is that right? Well, let, let the audience know 
like what your level of uh, friendship is and how you all know each other? Jen? Well, I know that with cheerleader Melissa, I mean, I, I've known her forever <laughs> since I started pro wrestling back in what, 2002, 2003. Um, very intimidating woman. I always wanted to stay out of the ring when, when cheer, cheerleader Melissa came around. But um, that's how amazing she was. She made you, you know, cheerleader Melissa. You make you make us all bring out the best because we know what a high level skilled wrestler you are, and we achieved to be or I achieved to be like you as far as my pro wrestling career. Very well respected in the industry. It's always cool when uh, old friends reunite here on Talking Tough. Um, Teal, please join us. It's, I'm getting a lot of feedback right now. It's very hard to hear. I'm hearing a lot of feedback also. John, are you with us? Can you help us in any uh, in any way? Yes. Let me uh, let me see here. See if you can uh, discover what the origin of that feedback is. Would be wonderful. Yeah, I uh, Teal. I started getting that right. I think when you did. It uh, wasn't there when we first got started. Does it sound like crackling of paper or something? Yeah, it sounds like somebody's digging through their. All right, John. What do you think, my friend? How are we looking? John, how are we looking? John's going to every screen to find out where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, the sometimes, yeah, sometimes you never know, so you just try to figure out each person. Okay, well, John, if you can figure out these people, you're a better man than I. Um, it doesn't sound like it's coming from Jennifer. Yay. <laughs> and it sounds like it's gone now. Melissa, are you still hearing that? Teal, are you still hearing it? I'm not hearing it. And Teal, how about you? Are you hearing it? And it's back a little bit again. It's scratchy. I don't know what that is. Um, Teal, can you hear us okay now, Teal? No, it's back in full force. Now it stopped. I think it's coming from Teal's side. John, do you? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from Teal. We'll boot her out and she'll come right back. Okay. Oh, she did. Okay, good. So does she know to log back on? Yep, I'll let her know. Okay. Well, hey, Jennifer. Hey, Melissa. Here we are again. We'll get this working. This um, it happens every now and then, you know. Unfortunately, uh, this is a great program. We're on Streamyard. I like to mention Streamyard because we're talking with them about doing a partnership. And uh, so, Streamyard, if you're out there, fix what's happening, please. <laughs> All right. So. Melissa, you're um you're laying really low with uh with COVID. You're taking this very seriously, aren't you? I understand. Yeah, hey, you're back. Hey, back. I can hear. Good. So yeah, I think we're we're nice now. We've been taking COVID um really seriously. Um, we pretty much haven't left our place. Uh, just with the exception of maybe like point like um, but we have a little lockdown, and it's just insane seeing how the city has transitioned, and now it feels like everything's transitioning back into phase one and starting all over again. Yeah, that's happening here in Hawaii as well. Even though there's very, very few cases here, 
Hawaii is one of the first states to shut down, and it's been one of the strictest from day one. I was out to uh, Los Angeles a few weeks ago. I came back. Coming to the airport felt like an apocalyptic movie. I mean, there were there were National Guard with like full assault rifles. Their faces were completely covered. They take your temperature. You have to stand in this long line, fill these forms out. They verify your your mobile number. They ask for your address. They say they're going to come visit you to make sure you stay at home for 14 days and don't leave. It's a crazy time. No doubt about it. Teal, how about you? Are you out partying all the time? Oh, yeah. No, I've just been sneezing on everybody. I don't know. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You know, L.A. has been, like, really tight from the beginning. I mean, obviously, we're one of the bigger cities with, like, all the outbreak and everything as far as the amount of people getting infected. I was so happy when the gyms opened. I mean, I was not happy doing cardio with a mask on, but I was just happy. And now I'm hearing they're going to shut the gyms back down. They've shut the bars back down and stuff like yeah. that. So, I mean, I understand that it's important that we, like, curve, flatten the curve and everything, but it's so hard to be patient. <laughs> and I know everyone in America feels that way. All right. So let me ask you this. If, um, okay, I know, I know you work for a while and you work for AEW. So uh, if, I did one job for AEW. I worked for a while, AEW. and then um, I've actually been training with Damos, um, who's a wrestler out of the East Coast who's moved recently to L.A., so we're doing some tag team stuff in the near future, if COVID ever lets us. <laughs> cool, cool. So if um, if you got a call from WOW saying, hey, we have a we have a 20-woman battle royal tomorrow, would you go do it? I feel like this is a trick question. Yes, no, no, no. I'm, I feel like you know, there's I like no it. way to answer this and come out good looking. Oh, um, no, just I, shoot, shoot, personally, shoot. I am not afraid of contracting it. I am afraid of spreading it to people. Mm -hmm. um, I would have no problem doing that. I would pr be careful afterwards. You know, I wouldn't want to accidentally get it and like infect my grandma or something like that. But as far as performing, I personally don't have an issue or don't feel uncomfortable around other people. I just try to be careful and, you know, like I said, if I thought that there was a chance I was remotely exposed to something, I would definitely take that very seriously. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it's not a, not a trick question at all. I just think it's interesting to find out where people are. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I was in LA a couple weeks ago, I went out, but I live up here and I never see anybody. So it's like, for me, I haven't really formed an opinion or formed a, a code of conduct. So I'm just curious what people who live in the real world are doing. That's all. It's always yeah. interesting to know. So, so Jen, can, can I ask you about session girls while we're here? Absolutely. All right. So Jet, okay. I, Teal, I don't know if you know about this. Melissa's already smiling because I know Melissa knows about session girls. So <laughs> Jen, Jennifer, I mean, Jen, you know how much I admire your entrepreneurial spirit. You put this incredible company together called session girls where, and I'm going to, this is not meant to be sarcastic. I'm just going to attempt to be funny. I'm not very funny either. So Go correct me it. when I'm, when I'm wrong, it's basically a way for guys to pay money to have hot chicks beat them up. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. So, yes. all right. So I wasn't that far off. Okay, cool. Um, are, are you guys working now? Is, what's happening with that? It's pretty much kind of like a shutdown, you know? Um, now I see some girls still posting travel saying that they're available to do sessions, but the amount of sessions are very, um, very low. So, you know, it's the whole business. I mean, it's it's very um, pretty much non-existent at the moment. You know, you just get a trickle right now. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's one-on-one -on -one contact and you're the wrestling, the wrestling men of all different ages from all over the place, you know? So 
You don't know what their health condition is. You don't know anything. Um, I know I've had like maybe two sessions since the COVID came around and um, that's two sessions. You're you yourself, personally. Yeah, me myself. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so you know, question, question. slow. I'm sorry. It's definitely slow. Yeah, well, I would. I was curious. I would imagine so. So, mm -hmm. Jen, you you're a trained pro wrestler, and you're a good pro wrestler. I I've always admire your your in ring ability. What I would say, most of the wrestling world is pretty smart to what you do with session girls. When you lock, when you walk into a pro wrestling locker room these days, how do how do people regard you? Are they cool with what you do? Do they give you a hard time about it? Uh, they're more they're more open to it now than they used to be. I felt like it was more um, not accepted maybe six years ago, five years ago. But okay. I see a lot of pro wrestlers, female pro wrestlers now, being more open to doing things that are more outside the box. Or should I say outside the ring, you know? So, right. so I mean, and I love it. I love that we're like embracing other opportunities that allow us to do what we love to do just in a different way. Very cool. Well, well yeah. said. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed um, the other day that Thunder Rosa had joined your site. Yeah. And uh, and I, I was surprised to see that. Only surprised because only because I didn't realize that there were well-known pro wrestlers doing session girls now. So I thought that's pretty cool. So, so good for you. Thank um, you. But, but nobody in wrestling, I guess what I'm not so subtly trying to do is to, to segue to what's going on with, with women and men in pro wrestling right now. I, I, I asked you guys, by the way, for listeners and viewers out there, uh, I asked my, I asked the ladies permission before we got on to bring up speaking out. I don't want to get hung up on it, but it's such a hot topic right now. And, and we do have Teal Piper and Chilita Melissa and Jennifer Thomas on, so how can we not bring it up at least? And I give Jennifer, I'll, I'll start with you briefly. And, I, and I, I'm putting you on the spot because you said you may not even say anything about this, but here we go. So with, with session girls, I, I know what you do. I respect the hell out of it. Does it make some guys feel like they can take liberties with you they couldn't take with other females? It's a hard there, question, isn't it? It, it, it is, um, because it definitely brings a more, more. Um, I, I don't know what word to use for it. More sensual kind of element to it. You know what I mean? If you're meeting somebody, if you meet a man privately, you know, and you're wrestling with him, and you know that he enjoys being dominated by a female wrestler, you know, it's a, uh, it's a chance for arousal there. You know what I mean? So it kind of depends how you want to accept that or take that. I keep everything professional. I say, I'm an athlete. I'm here to dominate you. I'm not here to please you in any kind of way except to beat you up. And that's it. You know? Um, Fair enough. So really, that's it. But do they cross the line? Do they try to cross the line? They don't dare. 98% of them are very respectful. And the 2% that are not respectful, they get reported into a database and they get called out and pretty much girls can see who these guys are and stay away from them. Right. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear there's a database for that. that yeah. That's really cool. So, Melissa, you've been you've been a pro wrestler for a long time now. Right. Spe speaking out, overblown or overdue? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Definitely, over, definitely overdue. I think some might have got 
um, over for blown ends um, if, if and when there one uh, quote unquote speaking out or being like uh, vindictive or maybe telling people. But I mean, but the is the male dominated business and a lot of, I just really feel like we're, we're like a lot of underlying uh, abuse that happens or that, um, luckily like from, you know, me, like a few of my close girlfriends, you know, luckily like a lot of have like a thick skin, like we know how to handle ourselves, you know, people are like to get and we know how to handle them, but there's other girls that don't, they're younger, and they're inappropriate, and they're just like, what I'd like to be come out, and I've had conversations with a few of my basically as a senior woman in the industry, um, just develop the communication and develop, uh, you know, uh, basically put ourselves out if you ever have a problem with it or if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to us. You know, reach out to us uh, to console with for us to like guide them um, through it. And it's not the out topic. Um, it's all slides with, um, you know, uh, remember um, Hannah committed suicide, you know, and Hannah, like, you know, and that was really tough for all of us too. We had, so me and a few of my other, you know, colleagues in the industry had a lot of time in the business. Um, just made it a point that any generation, just to be available, just to be available to talk to and like, you know, let help each other, navigate, you know, through this business. All right, good, good, thank you. Um, John, I want to ask you, I didn't get everything Melissa said. I heard, I heard a lot of it. Are, are you able to get everything she was saying? A little bit in and out. There was a little bit of uh, some static there for sure. All right. Is there, um, is, is there anything that you want to comment on that Melissa has got? John, John's a host of like six different podcasts, and he's really good at this stuff. And I, I, you'll see me go to him for help a lot. Uh, John, because I missed some of what Melissa said, is there, is there anything you want to interject or, or ask her about? No, I think she made a good point. Maybe the younger girls in the business, obviously she's a veteran of the sport, not used to, you know, maybe some of the advances or maybe some of the things that are going to happen with some of these guys. They can't, maybe they can't take care of themselves the way she could and, and maybe not be able to express themselves. So, I mean, a really good, good point for sure. All right. Thank you. So, Melissa, what is, what's Jason's, uh, how's Jason feeling about what's happening with speaking up? And, and for those who don't know, Jason Diedrich is, is Mr. Cheerleader Melissa. I'm sure he loves <laughs> me hearing that, right? And uh, really, really good guy in the business for a long time. What, what What's his take on it? Um, That's a good question. I should have brought him in here for that. Um, but I think he's, uh, I think he feels like a lot of it's like overdue too. I mean, I'm, he's heard, he's heard some of my stories throughout the years and, you know, anything that, you know, I've experienced on the road talking with other girls or other younger girls, um, we've had conversations about. So um, it's just, 
it's just crazy. But then at the same time, some of it's overdue and we both hope that um, the business changes for the positive. Good, good. So you, you were part of, um, and, and Teal, I'm not forgetting you. I got some big questions coming in for you in, in a moment. So Melissa, you were, you were part of UPW on and off. Did you ever get any of that at UPW? I have to know because I, I, I have, I'm looking backwards now and thinking about, you know, what our company was and who was there. And we had so many women in our locker room, not just the workers, but the powerbomb dancers, um, our, our bell ringers, you know, all of that stuff. Um, was that part of UPW at all? I'm dying to know. And, uh, and Sh Shannon Ballard trying to flirt doesn't count. Oh. Because I was going to bring them up, you knew it. <laughs> of course, I hope Shannon. I really hope he hears that too. Anyway, oh, wow. go ahead, please. Um, um, I did it. Okay, so I can name two instances. Um, one. Of, okay, so this first one wasn't at UPW, but it was um, a UPW person that made inappropriate advances at me at a different at a different place. And then the only other thing, um, it's funny you mentioned, the only other thing um, that stands out and it actually was a very significant part. It was a very, very significant moment of my life um, when, um, so, so I showed, um, so all the UPW women went to, um, UPW went to training and they were always at the beginner classes. Um, and I remember I was trying to look for a way to stand out amongst all the other girls and get your attention, you know, and like hopefully, you know, get a WWE tryout in the, in the future. But I felt that the only way I was able to stand out was if um, I attended a pro class. So I showed up for so I showed up for pro class and I got in line. We were getting ready to warm up. And the trainer at the time, not going to name names, but the trainer at the time, um, he says, okay, class, let's get started. What are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm here to train. And he said, uh, no, you're not. Girls are not allowed in pro class. Hmm. And I was like, what? And he's just like, hmm. no, girl, no, women are not allowed in pro class. Like, get out. And I said, come on. Like, I just drove, like, almost three hours to get here. Come on. He's just like, no. Like, women are not in pro class. They only belong to beginner class. Get out of the ring. And I drove home, and I cried on the way home. And I oh cried. Oh, my gosh. And I remember, and that was, and the reason why that moment was so significant is that was because, you know, that's like, that was a moment where, like, I totally stopped going to UPW training because I just, like, gave up after that. And then, um, and then I, that's when I like contacted All Pro Wrestling and um, I went online and I started looking for like rooms to rent in the area, you know, so. Wow. So, and, and, and I feel bad that, and I do feel bad that you and I didn't have a better relationship for me to feel comfortable to come up to you and ask and sure. tell you that happened. So like, I really wish I felt more comfortable to come up to you, but I don't think you ever, you ever knew about that. No, I mean, I, I, I will say look you in the eye. I can kind of look you in the eye from here. Um, yeah, there you go. And, <laughs> there you no, go. Uh, yes, I will look you in the eye and say, I. this is absolutely the first I've heard of that. And, and you know, you'll choose to believe that or not. Um, I, I feel I, horrible. I believe it. No, I, no, thank, I believe thank you. It. Thank you. Yeah, I, totally I, I feel it. terrible hearing that. I, I, I 
I know you're not going to say, I, I kind of want to know who it is. Maybe you'll tell me offline. Um, oh, I think uh, I, yeah, I, I read rather tell, well, here's the thing. I'd rather tell you offline anyway, because I don't feel comfortable um, mentioning somebody's name in a bad town, especially. No, for they're... sure. Yeah. I'm so. not asking. Not, no, I, I mean, I want to know, but not here. Not yeah, this yeah, far. Yeah. Oh. Um, I could, I could probably guess, but I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> uh, and I also want to say to you that, you know, I, I'm, I think I oftentimes like would pull the wool over my own eyes because in my memory, UPW was like this big, happy, dysfunctional family. And that was the atmosphere I always tried to foster. So in, in addition to me not knowing about this, I hope you'll also believe me when I say there was never a rule about no girls in pro class. I have never heard that before. So I'm a little pissed off 20 some years later, not at you, obviously, yeah. just that this existed. And, and I do wish, I do wish you had told me, but you and I were never close friends, especially at that time. Not back then, so I could no. see, yeah, you were young. You probably wouldn't have felt comfortable bringing it up. I understand. Yeah, I was, young. So. I was yeah, I was 18. You know what I mean? And I didn't know any better. And um, trust me, I did go through a phase where like, I was very angry at UPW, but now when I, as I got older as an adult and uh, obviously you and I have reconnected several times, like since then, um, then, once I grew up, I realized like, wow, like, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident Rick never, never knew about that anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish, I just wish I knew how to communicate with adults, but let's be right. realistic. I was a kid and sure. I could, yeah. So like, I, I, I just, I wish I was me now back then. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You would have said that. Well, all, all these years later, I truly, sincerely apologize about that. Oh, I do. Have to. It wasn't you. I know it wasn't Fair you. Enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you. I'm glad we got to talk about it, though. I'm really glad we could talk about thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Very therapeutic. All right. Teal, are you still with us? There you are. I'm all right. You. So I, I want to ask you about your take on all of this in a moment. First, um, and, and this will probably be the I, I'm guessing when you do interviews or these things, people probably oftentimes asking about your dad. Um, I'm going to only bring him up once. And this is the time um, other right. other than showing everybody my Roddy Piper action doll, which is the only action figure, not doll, which is the only one I've ever owned, by the way. Um, anyway, apart from that. Um, so I. I met your dad in the mid 80s or I'm sorry, early 90s when I produced a movie that he was in. And I got to know him pretty well over the, the following 20 years. We did a lot of traveling together. Um, interesting thing about your dad, and I'm not going to get hung up on him, I promise. But it's like I felt like we were really close friends. And it's amazing to me how many people feel that same way. And I oftentimes think there must have been like a hundred of your dads out there because there are so many good friends. And that's awesome. That's a testament to his character. So uh, speaking of his character, it's like I travel with him a lot. And there's two things I would say that stand out personally. One is fiercely protective of his daughters, as you know. And, and two, always ultra respectful to every, well, every person that he'd meet, but especially women. Um, so I want to ask you in a moment about speaking out. What would your What would your dad make of this if he were around with us? Uh, he has always been fiercely on uh, pro women. He used to say he has three daughters. He's the biggest feminist. Uh, I actually have like a, it's a kind of an embarrassing story. But when I was like I don't know fourteen or something, 
I, I remember making like a snarky comment about the divas on WWE, you know, or like something disrespectful. And I have never been yelled at more in my life. And he sat there telling me for like an hour about how they have to be twice as talented, work twice as hard as the men and yada, yada. And then as I got older, I really appreciated what, you know, the fact that he even sat there and got mad at me about something like that and like went through explaining why. And I've also seen him, you know, I, I know he worked on a set for a movie once where the director- A long time now. And I mean, he, they had a director the next day. That guy didn't want to work in town ever again. Like he had very strong feelings where if he felt that a man was taking, like abusing their power in the industry in any way, he would, he would have almost like, a, he, he almost got like sick to his stomach, like, you know, and that was something that I've, especially now that I've worked in entertainment for a while, like I, I truly appreciated about him. And, you know, I wish there were more people like that out there. Now you yourself have been, as you said, you've been in entertainment a long time, but you just entered the pro wrestling world actively, at least just a couple of years ago. Uh, and looking forward to seeing more of you once, as Jennifer said, this ever opens up again, who knows, right? Uh, yeah. So you entered a couple of years ago. What's the vibe like um, between you and the guys in the locker rooms that you've been in? Everything cool or have, do you feel like speaking out is something that's overdue or overblown? Uh, I'm going to say both, actually. Um, I personally have had no bad experiences with men in wrestling. Um, I Everyone I've trained with or spoken to backstage or whatever has been very respectful. But I also am very aware that, you know, maybe people treat me different than some, you know, a girl that like sacrificed everything to be there and, you know, is getting her first opportunity in a room. You know, I, I do get handed more things or doors get opened for me easier. And so I think that people might treat me different. That being said, um, I do think in general entertainment across the board, this whole movement's way overblown, but I also feel or I'm sorry, way overdue, but I also feel that women, you know, it, it also, there's something to be said that we don't talk about as often, but it is very easy to say one nasty thing or accusation against a guy and bury their whole career, whether or not it's true. And I think it's very important that we, you know, everyone's kind of innocent until proven guilty. And while I believe a lot of women, I also know about 50% of rumors in wrestling end up to be true and 50% end up being somebody who hates somebody else. So I try to take it with a grain of salt. You know, there are certainly many, many things that have happened over the years that women finally get their time to talk about. And I think that's a wonderful, great, great thing. And, you know, I hope that it helps foster a healthy environment, but I don't want to see, I don't want to see the scales tip any one way. You know, I just want everyone to be able to work together and have a happy environment. I cannot hear you at all. <laughs> By the way, well said. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, Rick, you've com completely cut out, Rick. I've taken the words out of his mouth, guys. That must have been a great response. <laughs> I know, now we're speaking, we're speaking on behalf of Rick. Yes. All right, John, how are we doing? He's back, he's back. Yay. I made a microphone adjustment. Guys, I am like, I'm like so old. Turning on, turning on a computer is like a big accomplishment for me. So it's amazing sometimes when I can actually get this to work at all. But they, I heard everything you said, and thank you for that. Um, my, my comment was, it feels like 
my your take and mine are, are pretty darn identical. It's like I, I think everything I told you guys before we started. I hate doing politics, but how do you avoid it these days, right? That's it's everywhere we look and everywhere we turn. Doesn't mean I'm going to drag all of us into that, but you know, honest to God, I'm everybody should have an equal opportunity. Every race, every creed, every color, every sex. It should, um, but if you're a white male, it's actually, and I'm not, don't feel bad for us, please, but it's a kind of a scary time um, because we have to be hyper vigilant, you know, what we say, what we do. Like, this just sound like a funny question. Uh, Jennifer, you're out in public, you're walking into a store, you reach for the door, a guy you don't know happens to get to at the same time, he holds the door open for you. What's your response to that? Thank you. Okay, cool. Melissa, how about you? Same, thank you. All right. And Teal? Same thing. I'm All right. happy not to have to do that one All right. Cool. I mean, you, you guys, you guys probably got that this is a loaded question. You know, I, you know, I grew up, mama taught me manners when I grew up. And I, I think it's proper you hold a door open for a member of the opposite sex. And I swear it's like probably close to half of the time now, if you do that, you'll get stared at like you've done something almost insulting. So it's pretty wild out there. Um, I think that's and I'm just, dramatic. I'm sorry. I said I find that to be to be a bit dramatic. It happens though. It really does. I mean, well, don't I, I stop hope... opening the door for people, please, or for women. It's right, right. Kindness. Anyone that's offended that you trying to be nice, there's something wrong with that person. Exactly. In my opinion. No, well, I, I, see, I, well, see, look at it the other way. What if, um, what if the delivery was all wrong? You know, what if the gentleman opened up the door, but he's like looking at you like this the whole time as oh, you're going in? Maybe, for maybe sure, of course. So maybe, maybe it's the delivery. You know, maybe. Uh, absolutely. That we, could be, you know, I don't think I'm doing that. I really that. don't. <laughs> I know. I, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, like, how do you open the door? You know, do you look Wait. at them weird when they open it or? <laughs> no. Like with like with big eyes, right? Right. Okay. With big eyes, right? Okay. All right. Cool. I was just curious. I, I've I'm always interested when people think about that men, men and women both. Um, you know, we we did this show recently. We had a bunch of guys on at the same time. Um, called Be Good, and it was um Sting Sting was on with us, and Boss Rutten and Butterbean and Lou Ferrigno. Um. There were, there were 12 guys on, all kind of like, you know, famous, like tough guy types. And we talked about in today's climate where everything is so contentious, it's like, wh what does it take to like, to maintain your, your sense of being, you know, a good person and a solid person in, in today's world? Because, you know, guys, I, I, I really can't even look at the news anymore. I was reading it all day, every day. And now I take a break and I look at it once, once a week, maybe. It seems like the world is becoming, at least for right now, and I hope it's going to change, but it, it's, it's a pretty mean and divided place right now. Uh, Teal, driving just in your daily travels, when you're going around and you're seeing the mood of people or you're, you're I don't know if you go on Facebook or Instagram and see what people are writing or what's in your friends' feeds. Um, is what's happening in the world like affecting you at your core at all right now, or does everything seem pretty normal to you? Um, I mean, the world is pretty crazy. Honestly, I truly try not to read people's feeds and comments at all. 
Like, I don't even read my own posts because I think it's unhealthy. I think the internet gives people like a veil so that they can just do or say whatever they want, which I don't think is okay. And also, you know, I know that it doesn't matter how nice I am to everybody. Somebody is going to have a problem with me. And mm-hmm. so you, all you can do is right by yourself. And so I try not to let the internet and all of the trolls on it. <laughs> like I try not to like, to, you know, I try to put weight in my actual life and my actual friends. And I try to put my focus there. And I feel that that helps me stay sane, and especially during our apocalypse question mark <laughs> that we're going through right now. So that's just how I deal with it. That makes perfect sense. I think that's um, I think that's good advice for anybody that's having a hard time out there. It's like it, it it's so simple yet yet so true. I think. I mean, what I try to do, and and John's heard me say this before. Like when I go out, which is pretty rare these days, you know, to the store, to the bank, whatever, to the dog park. I I like go the extra distance to be nice to like every single person I meet, no matter what they're doing, what they're saying, um, how they react. And I think it's just, for me, it makes it makes life easier now. Um, but it, it started with me years ago doing that, but it's something I have to remind myself of constantly now because I see friends of mine, like very good friends of mine, up until a few weeks ago when I stopped looking at social media, um, getting like really mean to other people who didn't agree with whatever their opinion might be, whether they're far right, far left. If you weren't with them, it's like, watch out. Let me tell you how it is. Um, Jen, you're, you're in a pretty populated area. What, what's the vibe like on the streets where you live? Is it normal? Is it contentious? And what, what are you doing to keep yourself sane now? Stay home. Um, no, really, I, it feels like, um, like when I walk down the street or whatever, I always feel like the person that's coming right directly towards me. They like literally cross the street. So like I feel like I have cuties or something all the time. Basically, it makes me feel um, uncomfortable a little bit because I'm not used to dealing with that. You know, like everybody's so cautious now, and it's like they don't even like they literally like go across the street when they see you approaching them or see me approaching them. You know, and it's just I don't like that feeling. I guess, um, but I can understand it at the same time. It just sucks that I'm feeling that. <laughs> You know, like we all have to be distant from each other. And I feel like, you know, it's hard to show compassion. It's you don't you have to think about giving somebody a hug that you want to hug. You know, it's it kind of sucks, you know, and I don't I don't like it. I can't wait till this whole thing is over. I, I pray there is an end date to this. Yes. Yeah. That would be nice or will be nice when that happens. Certainly. So, M- Melissa, you're up north and you're northern California, right? Are you close to the city? No, I'm in Las Vegas now. Oh gosh, I knew that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so used to have I'm so used to you having a 415 area code for so many I years know. and thinking in San Francisco. Okay. You're in Vegas. Okay, even better. Okay, Vegas can be a bit of a crazy place. Uh, I was talking um on the phone last night with uh Tom Howard and Marty Rubicaba, Marty Valenza. Uh they uh they called me on uh, WhatsApp together. It was a surprise phone call, oh, how and it was it was pretty entertaining actually. They um, have been out cruising the streets of Vegas, and they were telling me that it just seems like everybody's really on edge there. Are you feeling that in Vegas? Uh, that's hard to say because I've been indoors since the beginning of March, so I can't. I can't 
can't really speak to tensions are uh, Melissa, I'm sorry to interrupt. We're getting a lot of clicking. John, could you bring Melissa up as a as everyone's talking, why don't you bring them up for singles like you did with Jennifer? I think that's a good idea. There we go. Uh, go I ahead, Melissa. Better. There yeah, we go. I mean, I've been in, I mean, I've pretty much been indoors since um, beginning of March. So I can't really speak to like tensions or anything um, going on out there. Um, but I mean, just all this uh, transitioning that the United States is going through it. I mean, it's, it's really devastating, but gosh, I mean, I just really hope that I mean, I'm always going to hope for the best. I'm always hoping that, you know, people are going to grow and change for the better and be nice and like, you know, uh, treat each other respectfully and um, really like just educate themselves um, on history and basically just be more open minded and understanding of, you know, why people, you know, why people are the way they are and that, um, you know, it's. And it's also, you know, just respect each other for, um, you know, what their beliefs in or what their current stance is. I mean, it doesn't really bother me anyway if somebody has opposite views because, you know, I I do very well with, with well, I respectfully disagree. I'm really good at getting along with people with being able to put that aside because everybody's allowed to, you know, believe what or, you know, have their views. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, we live in a really good country, you know, where we're allowed to be that way. Thank you. You know, something just occurred to me, you guys. And John, if you could bring everybody back up into into group view, that would be cool. Uh, man, John, you're so awesome at this. I love you. All right. And uh, it's this. It just occurred to me that when I had reached out to you guys to ask you all onto the show, I don't know why I had this particular mix in mind, but it's occurring to me now that you're all like so logical and so even tempered. And it's, and I mean that like in the most complimentary way possible. And it's, it's nice to hear that because we're talking about some like really simple stuff, but you know, I do this a couple times a week and we do some really hard, really ugly conversations. And I say ugly, we don't yell at each other, we don't fight with each other, but ugly just about people's views on the world right now and how angry people are and how upset people are. So I think in these very simple conversations that we're having today, there's like so much good advice and it's just like, it's making me happy. So thank you. I wanted to express that to uh, to the three of you. No, I, and I have a question. On, for, I have a question for Peter and Melissa. Um, are you still with the LFC? No, not really. I've taken only like one booking from them not too long ago, but for the most part, no. Because they're planning a show at Sturgis this year. Do a show at Sturgis. And um, we're supposed to go out to Sturgis, and I'm just wondering how that's going to happen. You know? I don't know, and that's a very large gathering, and I'm not yes. comfortable with that. So that was an automatic no for me. Right. Okay, uh, I was just yeah, wondering. I know Jen Stur Sturgis is uh, Sturgis is a renegade enough where they might they may go right ahead. Who knows, right? Um, yeah. I'll, uh, right now, as as of now, it's still on. You know, and the LFC cast is uh, supposed to go out there and perform, you know, so it's, it'll be interesting to see if it can, you know, if they keep the date, I don't know. Okay. I know I'm, I'm so glad you, go ahead. Go on, sorry. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Sturgis because I, I kind of want to segue to some more fun stuff now 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've been to Sturgis before for the rally, also for WCW at Sturgis years ago. Um, but the weirdest wrestling gathering and probably the most entertaining I was ever part of was the insane clown posse gathering of the Juggalos. And I want to ask you guys now, give, a, give all of us like a weird wrestling story, like the kind of stuff that's just so weird, it's almost hard to believe. So just go. Let's have some fun with that. Um, Melissa, looks like you probably have one in mind. Can you give us something just out there? Yeah. Yeah, there's two that kind of popped up in mind. Um, but, I mean, one of them's way better than the other one. I remember when I wrestled in Japan, um, uh, their show was, um, we were, it was for, it was part of a wedding reception. <laughs> Yeah, so we were just like, yeah, we were part of the entertainment for the wedding reception. It was absolutely like mind blowing. And I didn't even, and the funny part is, is I didn't even realize it was a wedding reception until like in the middle of the show, because I was like, why is there like a bride and groom sitting at a table? And I'm, and like, <laughs> you know, because and, and, there was a language barrier. So like, I figured out, I'm like, this is crazy. And then um, some of the wrestlers, uh, do spots where it's uh, very audience involved and they got the bride and groom involved. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is going on around here? That's awesome. So that's, that's one of my first weird ones right there. You got gotta love pro wrestling, what we can I get know. into for a talk. Teal, give us something crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't been on the road as much as these other girls, so I really don't have a lot of road stories for you. Um, I've, you know, mostly been in training, to be honest, working with WOW, which is here in LA, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what to say with those, because any stories I can think of, I don't, I don't really want to talk about, to be honest. I hear you. Yeah, no, I, I got you. John knows I, don't wanna, I just don't want to be disrespectful to, like, the few opportunities I've had. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what's going to happen with WOW? How, how do you think WOW is going to do? Let's, assuming the world opens again and everything is normal on an even playing field, um, what do you think the prospects are for the company? You know, I they, they were actually doing very well and had a lot of exciting things on the horizon, and then COVID hit, and now I have no idea what's happening. I mean, there's just no work. Nothing's happening until 2021 in L.A., so at all, like in any part of the industry, so... I don't know what to expect with that. I hear that they're working on something and they're all very excited about it. Um, I personally, I actually uh, had an ACL and meniscus surgery a few months back. So most of this year for me turned out to be a recovery time. So um, I'm just anxious to train at all, let alone do any shows because nothing's open. Right, fair enough. Um, Do you know Jeannie Buss? Have you worked with her much? You know, everyone always asks what I think of Jeannie Buss. I'm probably the only person that hasn't actually got the opportunity to meet her. Um, I hear wonderful things. I think she's an inspiring woman, but I've never met her. So, Well, John, and there goes my, my whole hidden reason for setting up this entire podcast tonight was to try to get Ariel to fix me up with Jeannie Buss. And now that's over. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. She looks like that's a all. catch. I don't blame you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Jen, give us a crazy story, please. I know you got them. Uh, well, for pro wrestling, it was with uh, Santino Brothers. I was asked to do a show for a famous rapper. I don't even remember the rapper's name. But we ended up in some mansion in Hollywood. And um, basically, 
we only did like one match and then the whole ring was, uh, we got booted out by a bunch of strippers. And then next thing you know, the whole ring is full of strippers and rappers and partiers and they were all monies throwing everywhere. People, the girls were twerking everywhere. So it basically went to like a whole wrestling show to a strip party in the ring, in the ring. I got footage of this on my other phone. I have to probably show it someday. But it was crazy. Man, I didn't even make my Mantino match. I didn't brother. even get. Right. I didn't even get to wrestle that day. So I mean, but I was definitely entertained. <laughs> so I, I stuck around and watched. You know, it was it was it was quite the experience. I never thought that that would be part of my pro wrestling career. You know, so but that was the wildest thing that's really kind of happened in my pro wrestling. I didn't even get to do the match, but we were so, kicked out. So, so Jen, what's the um? What's the goal now? So you were WWE developmental. You were at OVW. You were in Deep South. Um, you've been at it for a while now. You have a successful business with Session Girls. I know you were starting to do live events when things shut down. Um, what's uh, what's the goal now? What does the future look like? Like insofar as this business is concerned, Session Girls, pro wrestling, both. What are you gonna do? Uh, I've been still trying to figure that out. Um, Basically, I mean, I feel like everything's being put on hold. I was actually supposed to have an event in June. I postponed mm -hmm. it to September, in, and it's supposed to be in Vegas, uh, September 5th. And I just feel like I'm not really able to expand or continue anything right now because of the, of, of the COVID situation. So I'm just trying to work on other things where I can expand in different ways. Example, maybe creating a merchandise store like a session girls merchandise store for uh, for you know the girls and just trying to find different ways for girls to make money from home you know whether it be uh live streaming wrestling something you know where guys can tune in online and um watch the girl maybe wrestle i don't know another girl or another guy i don't know it just depends but just uh, just trying to figure out, be more innovative, be more creative on trying to figure out different ways for us to make make a living at what we love to do. You know. So are yeah, are you feeling productive during these downtimes? I know I know a lot of people are saying that they want to do a lot, but they find themselves like so shut in that they're having trouble like getting started. How how's your experience now? Are you are you kicking ass or are you finding it's hard to get motivated? Where are it's you hard, it's hard to get, I'll be honest, it's hard to get motivated, you know, because so much of my, so much of everything that I do is one-on-one -on -one contact, one-on-one -on -one interaction. And now I'm trying to find ways to, you know, have an experience, virtual experience, basically. Um, and, you know, this event has really caused a lot of stress on me because everything, you know, one day the COVID cases are going down. Next thing you know, we're, it's going up. You know, and I don't even, and so just two days ago, I decided to cancel the event because I'm just tired of this roller coaster of not knowing what's going to happen, you know, and I got mm -hmm. people flying in from all over the country and I don't want, I don't, I just think that there's too much risk involved, too much, um, just, I, I would just rather wait to 2021 and be like with the rest of everybody else, you know. Well, for, for what my opinion is worth, I think your idea of starting a merchandise presence for Session Girls is a good one. So yeah. I would, uh, I would encourage you to uh, to get at it. I know you're yeah, an entrepreneur. Yeah, thank you. you it's in action. Happen. I've been working on it, so it's not something. It's, right. I've already started it. 
So it's just uh, staying motivated to keep it up. It's kind of like going to the gym. You have to stay motivated to keep on going, you know? Yes. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So, Teal, Teal, assuming that you're, yeah. how, how, how are you healing up after the surgery? Was it successful? It was, it was, um, it hurt, uh, but it was good. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I think August 3rd is when I'm supposed to be able to like test it out more. Although I'm totally been cheating on that, but whatever. I just kind of tape it up and pray sometimes. Right. But it, it was good, good timing because the world is shut down. So like I had my surgery maybe a week before the quarantine started. So it's kind of a weird blessing to disguise because the quarantine's like forcing me to like baby it, you know, but life happens. So again, assuming the world returns to normal, whatever the new normal looks like, um, what, what's, what are your professional goals? What are the next few years going to bring for you? Well, um, I'm hoping to train more. Um, right now, I've been training under a wrestler named Damos. He's been we we actually went out to Vegas and found a ring out there. Like we've been kind of finding where we can get him. Uh, I would also love to train with the Rikichi School, so I'm hoping to be able to do that at some point. Um, and then beyond that, I want to do the indie scene. To be honest, um, I really the more I've gotten into wrestling, the more I really enjoyed just like the craft of it and getting to go out there and have fun. And I want to, um, in a perfect world, I guess I would like to do a tag team with Deimos and go around the indie scene and just kind of, you know, get it under my belt more because I am still a lot less experienced than a lot of these girls that you have, you know, on the show today. And do you think WWE is in your future or are you not thinking about that too much yet? I don't even know. I don't know if the world has a future right now. <laughs> um, obviously, anybody would love to be with the WWE. I just want to be in a position where I feel like I deserve to be there. You know, okay. people work really hard and I, you know, it's something I take seriously. So I just want to feel like I've, you know, done the indie scene a little bit and have a better understanding of how, how the world works, you know, um, before I attempt something like that. Good. And it's nice to hear that. And I, and I know you're so genuine about that, too, that um, you could have easily sailed on your name. You know that. I'm sure you've been given the opportunities. And well, uh, you know what? Your name opens doors. Sure. But they then you have to perform after fast, that. You know? Right. Right. Or True enough. Say, the door gets slammed twice as fast if you don't know what you're doing. So I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I'm taking the right steps and taking it seriously and not just showing up and be like, treat me special. <laughs> like Because that's just not going to work out for me. <laughs> right. Good. Good. Well, I look forward to seeing whichever direction you go. It'd be fun to watch. I, I was really psyched when you came down to visit us at, at a championship wrestling from Hollywood. Psyched that yeah. you're being serious about getting in the business and being in the business. And I'm really uh, interested to see where you land and grow and perpetuate the legacy. It's going to be really cool. I really appreciate your support with it. You know, it's been of so course happy people that knew my dad supporting me on this journey. Really cool. That's awesome. Good. I'm, I'm sure ever, I'm sure we're all glad to equally. Yes. So Melissa, you are probably one of the best in-ring workers and performers in today's climate. Are, are you still at it? Are you excited about it? Are you over it? What's next for Chile or Melissa? All of those things. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, actually, what happened was, is when I moved to Las Vegas, um, uh, I've kind of on a couple of roles, so my journeys transitioned a little bit. So 
um, up and until lockdown, yes, I was still um, wrestling, however, being like a little more selective about my bookings. But um, I've definitely taken more of a, a backstage role um, as a, I ended up um, becoming like a teacher and training a couple girls out here. One, you know, um, Teresa or Lacey Ryan, Tom Howard's, uh, Tom Howard's wife. Yeah. And she's super incredible. I've taken her under my wing and I, too, I, I just love her so much because, um, you know, I see so much of my old me in her. As a, you know, as in like, you know, just, you know, just be a really good wrestler and, you know, and that's all you need. And then I, you know, and I'm definitely one of those people that focus so much on wrestling, straight wrestling earlier on my career that I didn't really like, you know, put time into the entertainment aspects of the building or the television aspects and being TV friendly and how to wrestle for a match uh, for a, tel you know, television style. So like, that's been a great journey. And then also um, Katie Forbes is my neighbor and um, I ended up becoming um, her personal wrestling teacher as well. And that has been uh, so great. So it just feels, and I really, I really love, um, you know, when it comes to teaching, I just really love training, you know, women that take it seriously and um, just, you know, the knowledge that I have that I'm willing to pass on to them. I just love like watching them, like take that knowledge and, and run with it. And then makes me feel really good. And I, I get more of a, I definitely just get more of like a gratification from it. Like it just, you know, watching your children grow up and go to college, you know, when <laughs> yeah. and that's what it feels like, like I started, you know, I started training Katie and then, um, you know, just, and then when she got finally signed to Impact, it was just like, oh, my baby graduated high school, you know? Okay, how do we Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so, like, such a sweet deal. And then, um, so, yeah, and then before, right before this lockdown started, um, a new school opened up out here and reached out to me to be in a class. So hopefully do it once this pandemic passes. And I hope it's soon, but um, I really would like to do that. And another interesting um, project I took on a couple of years when I first moved out here is, um, you know, luckily I connected in Japan from all my time in Japan. Um, so a Japanese wrestling company reached out to me to um, produce Spanish commentary for their um, for their footage so that they can um, sell it to Hispanic countries. So I didn't actually do the commentary, but I, but I produced everything, you know, I hired the studio and I hired um, the talent. I got um, Hector, uh, Hector Guerrero and Willie Urbina to be the commentators for it. So that was a real, you know, being the producer of putting it together a big project for a Japanese wrestling company, like that was a really cool project to take on. So as I'm getting older and kind of transitioning out of being in the ring, I'm finding myself being more of a supportive role. So you're going to stay involved. I mean, it sounds like you're, you've got a good like grasp on the entire business. So do you plan on staying involved professional, like on a professional paying level? I, I, yes. And I would love to, like, I, uh, I definitely would love to become an agent in the future. I would love to take on and uh, produce uh, wrestling matches for a television company. That I would really love to do. 
That's awesome. Good to know. Okay. And I'm going to file that one away because you might be hearing from us then. You never oh. know. And so you work with Hector Guerrero. Um, you know, it's funny. I was I was close with Eddie. I'm very close with Chavo. I've known Mondo forever. Oh, Mondo. I only met, oh God. I know. We all put Mondo. I, yeah. Trust me, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> right? And Chavo, and Chavo Sr., I knew as well. I only met Hector once for a minute. So if you see Hector, tell him 20 years later that he has heat with Rick Bassman, okay? Okay. You have to tell him that. Because here's what happened. This is like a random, out of nowhere, means nothing wrestling story. So I figured I should tell one. Um, WrestleMania, Houston, Texas. I, I'm not good at years. It was 20 years ago, roughly. Um, I was invited as a guest because I had my development territory at the time and I was backstage and Bruce Pritchard walks up to me and Bruce and Jim Ross were running talent development. And he looks, he kind of looks me up and down and he goes, yeah, you're about the right size. And I'm like, uh Oh, I mean like a popcorn vendor that gets creamed or something at WrestleMania. He goes, you know, that's when they had the gimmick battle Royal that year. You guys are probably all too young to remember this but they brought back like Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter and the Bushwhackers and Duke the Dumpster Drossy and like the worst gimmicks they could find and had the gimmick Battle Royal. The headline was uh, Austin and Rock that year, sold out Houston Astrodome. I so- Iron Sheik go over that? I'm sorry? Did Iron Sheik go over? The Iron Sheik did go over, you do remember it, but here's the funny thing. You know why Sheik went over? Oh, sorry, what, Melissa? Because uh, I don't think he was able to go over the top rope. That's why that the legend has it. That's why he got put over in the match because he could not get over the top rope. Yes. So Bruce Pritchard walks up to me and he goes, you got, I want to see if Teal and Jennifer remember this. I have a feeling you will. In, in a history of bad gimmicks, WWF, not E, WWF's worst gimmick ever was probably the gobbledygooker. Anybody remember the gobbledygooker? You do? Yes. Teal, do you remember the gobbledygooker? I don't remember. Jen, it was it was a guy in a bad turkey suit that would hack oh. that would like lay an egg in the middle of the ring. I don't know. Oh my god. Know. That just so, makes me so happy. <laughs> isn't it awesome? So, but here here's what here's why Hector Guerrero has heat with me. Because the gobbledygooker was supposed to be in the gimmick battle royal. And for, for those of us who were around at that time, we all know the gobbledygooker was Hector Guerrero. And Hector lived in Houston. So unlike everybody else who flew themselves in, he was driving to the arena, the stadium. And he was a no-show. So I, for about 20 minutes, I was booked as a gobbledygooker to be in the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania. I'm like... I was so excited. You guys have no idea. I was gonna like I was gonna attack Jim Cornette and kill him. I would have been so happy. Uh, I did and not then what's that, Melissa? Sorry. I did not know that. Yes, and five minutes before match time, freaking Hector showed up and I lost my spot. Oh, oh. no! <laughs> I know, right? I know. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? <laughs> But hey, you know, at least Jim Cornette is still alive today and the world is sometimes a better place for it, I suppose. I know John loves Jim Cornette, so I said that for him. Uh, got, got to try to typically keep it at an hour and you guys have been like so cool and so gracious. We're a little over an hour. Um, I do want to ask John, who is so good at this stuff. John, do you have anything for uh, for Jennifer or for Teal or for Melissa? 
Well, speaking of Cornette, Jennifer, did you work for Cornette in OVW or were you with uh, the Paul Heyman crew? I was with the Paul Heyman crew. Uh, Danny Davis, Al Snow, Paul Heyman. Yes. So what Never was it like I, working under Paul? Um, I loved it. I mean, Paul wasn't there all the time. He would show up on occasion. It was more so Al Snow. Um, and Al Snow really taught the psychology of wrestling, which I really needed help with at that time. And um, I, I benefited so greatly at being at OBW. I'm so grateful that I had that experience. And for Teal, is it a, yes. just an immense amount of pressure to be Rowdy Roddy Piper's daughter? I mean, probably the top five most popular wrestlers of all time, just name value. Is that just insanely pressure packed for you to be in the business and knowing that, man, I, that, you know, I got to follow in his footsteps? Uh, yes. Yes, it is, which is exactly why I'm trying to be smart about it and not just take every opportunity handed to me because of that. Um, so I, I'm trying to not take it for granted. Um, I also think I get a lot of heat for it, but I mean, all I can do is do me. <laughs> um, I'll never be, you know, like my dad was one in a million and I don't expect to repeat his career by any means. I just, you know, I just want to do him justice and see what I can do for myself. And Melissa, do you feel like everyone saying like the women's revolution now is the, you know, the women's wrestling? Do you think it's just timing? Because obviously, you know, you've been around as a veteran of wrestling. You're just as good at, or were better than some of the girls that are today. You think it's just timing, uh, the fact that it's women's revolution in wrestling? I don't know. It's tough to say because I just feel like the revolution just keeps repeating itself just on a grander scale. And I feel like it even started, started like, well, not started, but I mean, about like when Medusa and Bull Nakano were having matches in WWF. I mean, they were revolutioning wrestling, you know, at time. And I, gosh, I mean, we were talking about now earlier. I can't even imagine like the drama that like, you know, they've had to deal with and that. And then um, like women like blew up again maybe not in the united states but it blew up japan um in the late like late 80s early 90s and um calmed down and, and it kind of kept on itself. so it's just really weird saying that like it's a big revolution i just kind of feel like it's a, like it's always like it goes down and then it's going to expand more and then it's going to do and in, a, in a whole new way, but um, very happy to see it grown the way it happened. And I wish I was like, you know, a few years younger part of that now a little bit, but all um, been like positive. It's just really good just to see all the changes. It, it, it's an amazing it's an amazing scene now for the woman. It really is. You know, I, I remember being on a show with produced two dates in Guyana, of all places, in South America. And Gail Kim and uh, Katie Lee Birchall came with us. Good friend of yours, Jen. Kat. We love Kat, don't we? She's amazing. Absolutely. Um, and we were watching Impact on TV one night. And this is when Impact was putting a lot of emphasis on their women's division. And to be really honest, I had completely ignored it. I was like a WWE guy, and I was kind of immersed in that world, in the, the UPW world. And I watched it, and I turned to Gail, because we're watching her on TV. I forget who she's working with. I'm like, 
And this is, this is going to sound patronizing. It wasn't intended that way. But I said, oh, my God, you guys are really freaking good. And she's like, you guys, because you haven't been watching lately, have you? I go, no, I haven't. She goes, that's the way it's going now. And and you look at the in-ring now, I mean, with like the Becky Lynch's and, and you know, Lisa, you brought up um, Teresa Serrano, Lacey Ryan. Um, I mean, the, the work rate is just getting better and better. And it's really, it's an amazing thing to see. And uh, I don't really know what my point of all this is other than the three of you are on here. So I felt like saying that. That's all. And uh, it, it's cool that you're, you're all a part of it. I feel like it's always been out there. All that, you know, with all the changes, especially with the internet and, you know, and social media, you know, now it's a little bit easier to have a platform to get our out there. Today, 20 years ago, it, that really wasn't the case. But to be honest, um, we were we were always out there. You know, all these, all these Toronto's, Chilliard's, Awesome Kongs. I mean, we, we've been around. We've been out here and you know and and that kind of just kind of stems back to like you know our, our voices heard which why you know when i told you about the incident you know at the wrestling school being turned away you know like that's why it was so significant girls out there like us that really you know just tomboys we were you know i mean we just weren't we just weren't you know what WWE brain at the time and it was just really hard to get our name out there and the only way I was able to really express myself and really advance is when I went moved to because that's and they're full of them out there. there's crazy good athletes out there in Japan there's a whole bunch of them you know and now WWE is capitalizing on them now they got Io Shirai and you know the and those were girls that I helped bring on to like Lucha Underground too. So like, they're out there. We've been out here. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, I'm glad you guys are, are getting your, I'm not going to say a moment in the spotlight because you're here to stay. I'm glad to see that, that women are not being regarded in this industry of divas anymore, but that you're being you know, lo looked at and regarded equally as quality performers and in-ring workers. It's pretty amazing to see. And you, uh, you, my friend, Melissa, are a pioneer. So uh, it seems like that, that you appreciate that and enjoy it. And you're definitely uh, due credit for uh, no, no small part of it. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I, uh, I'm having fun. Sometimes I, I have pretty good history. You know, right now I'm having fun and happy to see you. And, you know, we're having a normal conversation. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Well, it's really nice to to see all three of you and to to talk with you guys. Uh, I I feel like um, we've overstayed our, our welcome. We're well over an hour now. Uh, so, if uh, any closing words before I uh, shut us down here, my friends. I just want to say well, thanks for having me, and it's lovely to meet you, girls. Yes, yeah, same. And thank you, Rick, because, you know, you were the reason why you were one of the reasons and one of the very first reasons of how my pro wrestling even began. So I appreciate you putting me in this crazy world. I've loved it and I've hated it, you know, but for the most part, I embrace it and it's made me who I am today. So thank you. My pleasure, Jen. 
Guys, thank you so much. Oh, Melissa, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just say, Tia, reach out. Let's train together in Las Vegas. I would love to do that. Let's do it. Yeah, I was thinking when you brought that up that you guys should um, connect in Vegas for sure. And you have each other's contact information. So, yeah, should be good. All right, good. Well, again, thank you all so much. It was really nice to see you here virtually. Hopefully, um, we'll see you uh, in person one day before this whole crazy world ends. And uh, thank you. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Take care, guys. John, John, are you there? I am here. Well, that was nice. Yes, very uh, good. You, you know what I liked about that, man? It's like, you, you, you know my theme these days. I just want people to be nice to each other, right? Because everybody's got you know, a fight to pick or, or something like that. And it did occur to me right when I said it did that I guess subliminally I had this mix in mind because they're all really nice people and, and they're genuine and there was no agendas and they weren't looking to, you know, politicize or polarize. And it was just kind of nice and refreshing to be on with a group that size where it's just like friendly and pleasant. You know, maybe not controversial enough for, for our viewers or listeners out there, but so be it. Yeah, very nice. Very level-headed, which is always great. When, you know, some of the guests that you've had on the past, not going to mention any names. Uh, <laughs> right. he, 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 you know, maybe, maybe he was a little crazy. You know, he can go a little off the wall. But, you know, they're very level-headed. They're uh, very smart. Uh, I feel like everything they said was very well thought out, very poignant. So, you know, some, uh, some great friends you got there for sure. Yeah, good people. Well, thank you for putting it together. As always, it's much appreciated. And uh, my friend John, until uh, the next one, it's Rick Bassman here in the wilds of Maui signing off on behalf of John Pozorowski and the two-man power trip and myself here on Talking Tough. Good night, everybody. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. <laughs>